going on? Welcome back to episode number 52 of the Honeycut Scenario with me, Craig. After the Hamilton show last weekend in Washington, D.C., here on a beautiful May 3rd on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where it is sweet right now. Uh, One of my most favorite times of the year when spring gives way to summer and it's like 80 degrees and the nice ocean starts to come in and life is in full bloom and it's a little sticky but not too much and it just feels alive and grounding and full of promise and I love that. So totally grateful for today and just stoked with May. Um, so today's podcast is a continuation of the last one, which is uh, music and friendship never go out of style part two. And, uh, this podcast is going to be in two different parts. I was going to do it in two different podcasts, but I mean, life is short. So I'm going to do both of them at the same time and they're interrelated. Um, so the first one, I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, the band, everything that I've been in for my whole life, our reunion show, getting back together in our hometown of Washington, DC at the Hamilton. And part two will be uh, a little message of gratitude to my good friend, Pat McGee, who opened the show. So uh, diving into the first part, the Hamilton Live in Washington, D.C. is a really great club. It's downstairs. It's about 700 people, can fit into the joint. Uh, It is like an old supper club. It's got carpeted floors, tiered seating, great lighting, beautiful art on the wall of like epic musicians. I mean, it's a music club. And the staff were really great to us, and it was a really great experience. It sounded great in there. Uh, We had our friend Bones from many years – mixed sound for us and the room was like full and it was full of life and it was full of just layers of people that we haven't seen in so so long so it was a proper reunion i mean i have new friends that i've seen from my current life here on the outer banks i had friends there who i grew up with in crofton maryland i had people from jmu and just people from all different eras showing up to celebrate with us and it was just Really incredible. Um, We had a great band on stage. We came out on stage with an eight-piece band, which is actually bigger than the original band Everything, which is a six-piece band. So we had horns, we had percussion, we had, you know, drums and keys. And it was like, and I turned to Steve Van Dam when we came out on stage and I was like, man, it feels awesome to come out with a big band. It's like, it's just something just really powerful about a big group of musicians coming on stage to make magic. And, uh, it, you know, it was such an incredible night and there's so many layers to it. And, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was like the miracle of it all. And I, as I was moving up to the show, I was like, man, it is such a miracle that we can get eight people on stage coordinated to make a joyful noise and that 500 or so of our most closest friends can show up as well and that we are all still alive and standing to congregate like this. And it just seems like so much needed to happen for all of us to be grown up, to be in this space, to make this noise and be together and vibrate and dance and like sing and like celebrate to survive that it was, it felt miraculous. And on stage, I felt like I was in a dream and it was incredible. And there was some amazing moments on stage that were just absolutely incredible and some moments of like, oh, wow, like, uh, woo, 
ooh, here we go. And all of it was joyful. And that's just the beauty of music. It's order and chaos and vibration and intention and medicine. And I had so many incredible moments on stage where I was like, oh, wow, I'm a 52-year-old dude on stage who used to be a front man. So I was like, how do you front? What do you say to people? How do we get into the rhythm of singing? Like, what's this guitar doing? And holy crap, these are amazing musicians. And oh, I know that person. I grew up with that person. Oh, hey, I know that person too. Oh, I'm a musician on stage. And so it was like a dream, right? There was like amazement and confusion and total control and just ecstatic moments and, you know, moments of listening. And wow. I mean, just totally wow. And there's a funny story that I was going to tell too that uh, I've, I've told before. So when we uh, started as a band again in 2019, we were almost everything. And our good friend Pat McGee in, invited us to open for him at the Barnes of Wolf Trap, which is another very good venue in the D.C. area. And that first night, we started with Essence of the Problem, which is a song I wrote years ago. And it's a, a really good ball- like a mid-tempo ballad. And I started on guitar. And I had a 62 reissue Telecaster that I was playing at the time. And uh, I had done yoga. I was prepared for the show. And I was like, all right. And I start the song solo on the guitar. And we were backstage. I had my telly and I was chewing gum. And all of a sudden the guy was like, hey, you guys are on. So we had to do the word. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, Steve, you have a tuner? And Steve was like, no. Uh, He's like, don't you have a tuner? I was like, well, I tune with my iPhone which doesn't work on an electric guitar and certainly not on stage. And he was like, dude. And I was like, oh, crap. I forgot to have a tuner on stage. Like I hadn't been playing electric guitar on stage in so long. I just didn't think to have a tuner on stage. And it's like a rookie mistake. And so, of course, I went out being fully prepared before to completely unprepared and stood in front of like 400 people with a a marginally tuned Telecaster and gum in my mouth. And that's how we started the show, like our first real show back in many, many years. So I was like, that's never going to happen again. So this show, I'm fully prepared. I've got really beautiful new guitars that are like incredible instruments. I've curated my sound. I've got a killer tuner. And I told Steve, I was like, we're starting with Essence of the Problem again, I see. I'm totally going to be prepared. So I go out and I have my, you know, I go out before the show, I tune my guitar, I make sure my guitar is on stage because I was like, it's probably better to have it on stage than in my hands where I'm not tuning it. So problem solved. So we do the word, resurgence was the word before the show and come out on stage and I'm prepared to start Essence of the Problem on guitar again. And I turn my guitar up and I hit the first chord as the band starts to sort of hit that first tone and like, I don't know what's going on. It's something is a half step down, which makes it the most dissonant you can have. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea how this happened. And it was like, uh oh, not harmony, but dissonant. So I was like, okay, can't play the guitar. And there's uh, a full room packed out with friends and family and fans and people ready to have a good time. And we've started. And uh, I turned to Doug Wanamaker and I said, bro, you got this. And Wanamaker is a great keyboardist. And we just started to sing Essence of the Problem with that eight-piece band without me playing guitar, even though I was supposed to be the sort of primary starting instrumentalist. But the band stepped up and I just... Stayed in the vocal and just paid attention to the tones and the, the love of it all. And the song came out of like this really gentle place and we did it. 
And then during Wanamaker's solo, I totally figured out what was up with my, my low E string, which had either wandered or somebody had bumped it or I just screwed up. And we finished big on Essence of the Problem and it felt great. It's like, okay, great. That's the equivalent of starting a marathon. And as soon as you're out of the gate, you're like, shoe comes off. And you still got to run. You're like, all right, well, I got to put this shoe on. And now that that's over with, we've gotten that out of the way. And then it just was a practice in like humility and like awesomeness and listening and and like humanhood, brotherhood on stage and like brothers and sisters and peoples out in the audience. And uh, wow, what a joyful noise and what incredible moments that we had on stage at the Hamilton. Uh, so that's what I know about the Hamilton. It was incredible. And, and for everybody who came, I want to say thank you. It was beautiful to see all of you. I'm so grateful to have spent time with you. And speaking of gratitude... We're going to move into the second part of the podcast, which is interrelated, which is an ode of thanks to my friend Pat McGee, who opened the show for us. Uh, he played with a stripped-down band. He came down all the way from Rhode Island with Patrick McAloon, uh, who's an exceptional musician uh, as well, and they supported us as our first show back in D.C. fully as everything, and... Uh, Pat has been so supportive to us in terms of just helping us out with details on remembering how to do a show, making sure we had the right sound engineer, helping us out getting hats last minute, um, gave me picks before the show because I realized I left my pick box at home, like just things that we're not used to doing and, and proceeded to go on stage and be humble and incredibly gifted as a performer who has been doing it for a long, long time. And uh, I've known Pat since the mid nineties, uh, the Pat McGee band and Pat was like sort of the younger dude in the scene coming up and he worked as hard as any of the bands. And while we were starting to become dormant, Pat stayed on the path being an independent musician, uh, figuring out how to make money how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a great songwriter, how to navigate the record industry, how to have a family in all of it, and how to be grounded, how to stay healthy, how to stay solvent, how to spread the love of music. And I stayed out of, you know, I wasn't super close with Pat. And uh, when I moved to the Outer Banks in 2010, uh, I was aware that Pat has a really great immersive experience event called Down the Hatch, where he brings musicians from all over the country. They take over a hotel down here at the beach. People stay for three or four days. There's events. Everybody hangs out. And Pat was really at the forefront of, of these immersive musical experiences. And I was like, oh, Pat's got this thing going on. And he was like, hey, would you, you know, are you playing at all? And in 2010, I had really put the guitar down. I wish I was playing, but I just was so like something was up with my bruised ego about music and not knowing where my place was. And he's like, Hey, would you want to come play like a few songs on the beach? You know, play the hooch. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I brought my like $150, like cheap acoustic guitar and plugged in and played a few songs and it felt weird and people were really appreciative. And I got to see all of a sudden that Pat McGee had curated this incredible Rolodex of singers, songwriters, and musicians from around the country in different scenes, from Nashville and Los Angeles and Austin and Seattle and Colorado and Rhode Island and New York and Virginia and Kansas and Florida and all the and Minneapolis and all these places 
to bring them together to give them a chance to shine in, in an environment that he set up with people who are appreciative of that experience. And I was like, oh, this guy has it together as a leader. He plays and he sings and he's an incredible songwriter in his own right. And he's confident enough to spread the love and bring people into the fold, into a big tent of experience in an intimate environment. And I was I was humbled by that. I was like, wow, this is like, this is the real deal. And I remembered he had a, a pre-event of one of his down the hatches at a place called Trio. He got the upstairs. And, and I remembered peeking my head in there. Uh, and Pat, you probably didn't know that uh, I peeked my head in, but he was doing just an acoustic set, and I I witnessed him singing and playing acoustic guitar, and I was aspiring to be a better acoustic singer-songwriter, and I watched Pat's control over his instrument, and I watched him sing, and I was like, okay, he's putting on this whole event for three or four days and celebrating other people, but right now he is a singer-songwriter, and I was like, this guy is a very gifted player. He is a uh, gifted songwriter in his own right. And I was like, you know, there are so many layers to this and it's it's humbling. And I'm grateful to have had that experience and so grateful that Pat has been part of the rebirth of the band Everything and has just been so generous and supportive uh, with what he does. So this is a tip of a hat uh, to my good friend Pat McGee. I know the brothers of the band Everything feel the same way. Uh, I feel like it's important to be able to celebrate these things, and I'm glad to be able to do it. And I look forward to playing more music, look forward to the medicine of it all, and I look forward to trying to just, you know, be positive and make a difference in the world. So I hope wherever you are, you're being good to yourself, because I saw so many of you out there, and I'm so appreciative of what you all are doing. <laughs>